Damian Lewis is a reporter from war, disaster, and conflict zones for BBC, CNN, and many other news organizations. He is the author of more than 20 best-selling books and co-author of two acclaimed memoirs about military working dogs, Sergeant Rex, and It's All About Trio. His new book, The Dog Who Could Fly, The Incredible True Story of a World War II Airman and the Four-Legged Hero Who Flew at His Side, is a deeply moving story of loyalty in the face of adversity and the unshakable bond between a man and his best friend. Welcome, Damian Lewis. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. Now, before we talk about the new book, can you please tell us a bit more about yourself and how you came to write these books about military dogs? Yeah. I've always been a dog lover all my life, and it was actually one of my readers who, um, one of my readers of my military books, I write a lot about uh, special forces and elite forces operations, and he said, you know, hey, uh, isn't it about time you did a story about a dog that went to war? And, um, you know, the, the, the seed was planted in my mind, and I, I, was, I contacted a, a U.S. Marine who'd been in Iraq in 2004, in an area called the Triangle of Death, which is south of, of Baghdad, a notoriously dangerous area. And he'd gone there with his military working dog called Rex, um, a, a German Shepherd, to basically be a, 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 an arms and explosive search dog, so to search out IEDs and bombs, which is an incredibly brave and challenging task because you have to be right out the front of the patrols. Every patrol, you've got to be there with your dog trying to safeguard your, 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 your men. And... Um, the guy's name was Mike Dowling. He was a, he, he was a, a corporal at the time, and he had an extraordinary story from Iraq, a six-month tour, which was really exceptional. And uh, you know, we kind of chatted about it over the phone a lot, and decided to to tell his story. So that that book became Sergeant Rex, uh, because the dog is always given a working dog is always given one rank higher than the handler. And that's why he was a, a sergeant in the field. And it's it's the story of the, two, the, the man and dog over six months in, in the Triangle of Death in Iraq, and uh, he and I co-wrote that, and uh, you know published it in the in the in the states to great acclaim. So you know that kind of gave me a taste for these stories of of, of men and women taking you know remarkable, brave, loyal, and extraordinary dogs to war. Um, and I was working on another book, in fact, with an elite forces soldier, a British soldier. Um, and he saw this book, Sergeant Rex, on my bookshelf in my study, and he said, oh, it looks like a, a really interesting story. But he said, if you want to research the story of the, you know, the, the most brave and, and extraordinary story of a man and dog at war, it's a second world story about a dog called um, Ant and his, his, his airman, RAF master, called Robert. Um, and I said, what, what, you know, why did you bring that story up? And he said, because the dog flew and fought with the RAF um, in Bomber Command. And I said, well, that's, that, that's impossible because, you know, the RAF didn't and doesn't let dogs or any animals fly and certainly not fly into combat. And the guy said, no, I swear it's true. This this is, you know, an absolute true story from the Second World War. And so I duly started researching it and found out, lo and behold, there was this dog called Ant and uh, his master, Robert, who had flown on numerous countless sorties with Bomber Command, uh, the RAF's Bomber Command in World War Two, He was rescued from no man's land where his airman master and, uh, and his pilot, Robert, was a gunner. They'd crash-landed between the German front line and French front line during the Phony War in 1939, and as they were escaping from their 
from their burning aircraft and, and German patrols sent out to find them. They found this little tiny German shepherd puppy in this abandoned French farmhouse. And Robert, being a, a, a dog lover all his life, felt he couldn't leave it behind, stuffed it down his flight jacket. And on, on, on the escape back to the French lines, the puppy actually saved, saved their life by detecting a patrol. And so he decided to keep the puppy, puppy sorry, and fly with it because he couldn't leave it on the ground because their, their air bases were forever getting overrun by the Germans when they, when they launched their Blitzkrieg. Um, and in due course, of course, the dog had to have a name. And, and the favoured aircraft for the squadrons fighting in France was actually a Russian, uh, well, an Eastern European aircraft called the ANT. Um, and so they thought, let's call him Ant, and so he was nicknamed Ant. Everybody presumed it was short for Antony, but it was actually, the, you know, the initials of this aircraft, this fighter bomber that they had all flown and fought with. Ant, uh, the puppy, flew with Robert in France as the Germans, you know, the German blitzkrieg, the, the advance pushed British and French forces back towards the Channel and eventually into the sea. So that was, you know, a, a war over in a matter of, of months. And then Robert, Robert and Ant came to the UK, came to England to continue the fight. And, uh, of course, over in France, fighting with the French Air Force, the French are pretty you know, laid back and easygoing about bending the rules. And dogs weren't supposed to fly with the French Air, Air Force, but you know, the French were happy to turn a blind eye. Of course, when, when Robert started flying with the RAF, the Royal Air Force, with Bomber Command, it was an absolute no-no. No animal, no dog was allowed to fly. So the dog... Ant took to sitting on the flight line when the bombers took off on a sortie and remaining there all night long uh, waiting for his master re to return. He wouldn't take shelter. He wouldn't eat until his, his master came in. And he actually, because they have such acute hearing, they're pointy-eared dogs. They've got very acute hearing. He learned to recognize the engine noise of the specific aircraft, which was C for Cecilia. That was its code name, C for Cecilia. He, he learned to recognize the specific engine noise of that aircraft returning. Whenever he heard it coming back to land, and it would generally be just as the sun was coming up, he'd do what they call his war dance for joy, where he'd whir around crazily, uh, you know, to signal that he knew that his, his master was inbound. And then one day, of course, uh, C. Facilia was out flying a bombing raid over Berlin, and they took some really bad hits from flak, and Robert uh, got severely injured. He took a piece of shrapnel in, in his forehead, and the plane was very badly damaged, and they had to crash land uh, quite a long distance away from their, 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 their air base, and Robert was taken to hospital. Of course, Ant didn't know this. He was still sat on the runway, and he continued his vigil there for, 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 for four days, day and night, wouldn't eat, wouldn't take shelter. Wow, that is some story. And, of course... Um we're talking about the audiobook edition. Just wondering if you yourself listen to audiobooks and uh, what will you be listening for in Derek Perkins's narration of your book? Yeah, I listen to audiobooks a lot simply because I, I you know, have to drive quite a lot with my work. And so, you know, it's, it, it's a great way to pass the hours when you're driving, but also to get, you know, to get a good book, um, not exactly read, but at least, you know, listened to. Um, and in terms of the audiobook which is coming out, it, you know, it would be great to hear how he he renders the voices of all the characters. It, you know, it's an incredibly character-rich story. And one of the things which you know, I've done in the book, and, and, and I think it works well, is that I, I obviously I give all the human characters a voice, but the dog has a voice as well. 
um, because like so many of these incredible stories that I've written, you know, which are extraordinary stories of a bond between a man and a dog or a man and an animal, which is very hard to, 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 to grasp that, that, that two, you know, one man, one animal can be so close. And in all those stories, you know, you, you, the people will tell you, look, the dog could talk to me and I could talk to the dog and the dog would understand me. I mean, I, you know, I've had so many of these guys say, listen, I'd sit down at night when no one else was around and I'd talk to my dog for hours on end and he'd listen and I knew his understanding. But likewise, of course, they couldn't hear his voice. He couldn't actually speak the words, but the dog would speak back to them in, in, in some unspoken manner. And so that's kind of vocalized in the book, you know, what the dog's thinking, what the dog's saying is, is, is put into words and it'll be fascinating to see how, how the audio version of the story does that. Very good. Thank you, Damian Lewis, author of The Dog Who Could Fly, available on audio from Tantor. Thanks so much. Thank you very much.